It's time for Money Matters with Doug and Linda Lewis. Doug is a certified financial planner, providing you with a personal financial hotline to answer your questions about tax planning, investments, retirement planning, estate planning, and education planning. Doug and Linda are the owners of Lewis Financial Management, a registered investment advisory firm in Raleigh, providing financial and investment services since 1983. Doug and Linda will be answering your questions on WPTF's phone lines anytime during the next hour. Call 860-9783. That's 860-WPTF. Call toll-free 1-800-662-7979. And for mobile phones, it's star 680. And now, Doug and Linda Lewis and Money Matters. Hello there, North Carolina. This is Doug Lewis, Certified Financial Planner, once again welcoming you to Money Matters with Doug and Linda Lewis. Money Matters with Doug and Linda has been providing you with a personal financial hotline for all of your questions about investments, estate planning, tax planning, money management, and retirement planning for over 20 years. And again, with me as usual tonight is my wife, Linda, who works with me in our firm, Lewis Financial Management. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the show. Doug and I are the owners of Lewis Financial Management, a registered investment advisory firm in Raleigh, providing investment in financial advice since 1983. For over 20 years, we've been answering your questions on the WPTF phone lines. They are your questions and our answers. So sit back and enjoy, or if you're free, call us tonight on the open lines. We'll take your calls anytime during the next hour. You're free to call in and ask any financial question about your own personal financial planning. Call us at 860-9783, that's 860-WPTF. Or you can call us toll-free, long distance, at 1-800-662-7979. Well, financial planning is everyone's business, and still for most folks, money matters are just a big puzzle. Folks have questions about planning for retirement, planning for a child's college education. They don't know the difference between financial planning and money management. They want to know a lot these days. They want to know what's a mutual fund, what's a limited partnership, what's a REIT, what's a will, what's a living will. And yes, it really can confuse you, but you're not alone. Because in a world crowded with new investments, changing tax laws, rapidly evolving insurance products, and volatile economic cycles, more and more people are looking for clear direction in their financial lives. And yet, unfortunately, the busier and the more successful they are, the less time they have to sort out their financial affairs, and people are asking, is there any solution? Well, yes, Doug, there certainly is a solution. Out of this increasingly complicated financial environment has come a new breed of professionals that are trying to solve people's money puzzles, and that's the Certified Financial Planner. It's the certified financial planner who offers something that people don't get from the traditional stockbroker, money manager, accountant, insurance agent, or bank trust officer. And that's a way to consolidate all aspects of people's financial affairs into one financial plan. It's the certified financial planner who knows how to pull together all six areas of a client's financial life. Doug, I think for many people, the first area of financial planning is cash flow planning with questions about their emergency fund, their mortgage, their credit cards, and reducing their debt. Well, yes, Linda, and yet for many people, the second area of financial planning is retirement planning. Those who are working want to know how to compute what they'll need to live on during retirement. 
and how much they should be saving for retirement. They want to know what investments they should choose from the choices in their company's 401k plan. Others are retiring and have received a lump sum payout option from their company's retirement plan, and they want to know, should they take it, and if so, how should they invest it? Well, Doug, the third area of financial planning that must be dealt with is estate planning. For most people, over their working years, their estate has grown. How can they reduce their estate taxes? And they wonder, are their simple wills sufficient, or maybe they should be considering the complicated world of trusts? If that's the third area, Linda, the fourth area of financial planning cannot be overlooked. This is tax planning. People are interested in both tax reduction strategies and tax reduction investments. Home mortgage interest, charitable giving, tax shelters, tax-free bonds, questions about capital gains taxes, estate taxes, gift taxes, and how to sell real estate tax-free using trusts. What a confusion. Well, Doug, we can't forget the fifth area of financial planning, which is insurance planning. How much life insurance does a family really need? Do they have too little insurance or maybe too much insurance? Should they have whole life, term, or universal? Should they have long-term nursing care coverage? You're right, Lynn. And, of course, the sixth and most important area of financial planning is investment planning. Here, the questions never stop. What's the best way to diversify my investments? Is now a safe time to invest in stocks? What about bonds? What kind of stock mutual funds? bond mutual funds, equipment leasing partnerships, REITs, CDs, gold, annuities. So, Doug, it seems that at last it's time for people to understand that a certified financial planner is really the only one who can tie together all six parts of their financial puzzle. And to you out there listening, if you've got a question on your mind about cash flow planning, retirement planning, estate planning, tax planning, insurance, or investments, Call us now on the open lines and we'll answer your financial planning questions. Those numbers to call are 860-9783. That's 860-WPTF. Out-of-towners, call us toll-free at 1-800-662-7979. And if you just want to sit back and listen to the callers through the years, welcome to the show. Securities offered through HBEC Inc., member FINRA SIPC, HBEC Inc., and Lewis Financial Management LLC are not affiliated. Investment advisory services offered through Lewis Financial Management LLC in Raleigh, North Carolina. Website is lfmadvisor.com. Well, welcome, North Carolina. Thank you for joining us once again on Money Matters. And today, our hearts are very sober. Uh, on the one hand, we are uh, very happy to have our daughter, Deborah Lewis, joining us again, once again, on the show. Hi, Deborah. Hi, Doug, Linda. <laughs> and our hearts, as I said, go out to the people of North Carolina. A lot can happen in 24 hours. Incredible. And so many of our families and households in the Triangle and around the state have 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 had their lives uh, deeply touched by this tornado and the hurricane and all the events of the last 24 hours. Wouldn't you agree, Doug, Deborah? Tornado. So yeah. sad. Very so sad. sad. Huge winds, tornado, storm. It's, a, it's, it's been an incredible amount of calamity, disaster. As we've driven around Raleigh, I have been... Uh, I don't think I've ever seen anything like this in the last 30 years. This is nowhere near... Uh, this is, this is the, the extent of this damage dwarfs 
the tornado in the mid '80s that we saw. Our, n- nothing I've seen. I, even the even the hurricanes. I was thinking of Hurricane Fran, and that's why I got a little confused there. But yeah, it's um, the devastation. We took a drive around today, and just neighborhood after neighborhood that was affected. Trees down, houses, uh, trees that have fallen on houses, roads that are blocked, power lines, power lines on roads, just snapped like toothpicks. Incredible. One of the things that probably has affected a lot of people as they're trying to come away from the shell shock of what happened uh, yesterday afternoon and last night really is the matter of what is the financial effect upon me? How does this affect my finances? And probably everybody has a different story about what is happening with this situation that touches their personal finances. So if you have a question tonight with regard to how the calamities and the disasters of the last 24 hours affect or will affect your finances, call us tonight on the open lines. That's 1-800-662-7979 or call us on the open lines again. That's 860-WPTF. 860-9783. Eight six zero nine seven eight three, and again toll free. If you're anyway anywhere in the state and you would like to call us, that is one eight hundred six six two seven nine seven nine. And so again, we're inviting you, our listeners. Our hearts are deeply touched by what we have seen today. Uh, we go, our hearts go out to the folks at our friends at Ferguson's. Uh, their their building was damaged down on Yonkers Road. And, of course, all the students that are affected down at Shaw University, around around the triangle and around the state, it is it is really something. It is really something to see. And, you know, I was really touched to see how many folks are – it gives me goosebumps just thinking about it, how many folks are out there, neighbors helping neighbors, people from the community helping other folks – out there with chainsaws and cleaning limbs and feeding one another. It was it was wonderful, wasn't it? It really wasn't was. It, a wonderful it really sight was. To see? Even this it. morning, some of our neighbors invited us over just to have a shower, some breakfast. <laughs> wasn't that nice? It was, it was very nice. A nice hot cup of coffee. <laughs> it was really nice because <laughs> we're like of, everybody else. We don't have electricity. We don't have water. We're all breaking out those candles <laughs> and flashlights. Well, then I want to say I congratulate you on being prepared. There was an article today in the News and Observer Wall Street Journal section oh, on being yes. prepared for... A disaster. disaster. <laughs> and you actually had candles and Doug flashlights. always wonders, why do I have all these candles around the house? I think it's flashlights, from being batteries. around too many typhoons and hurricanes and trying to be prepared. Well, I have to commend you, Linda. <laughs> you did it. I mean, you were the planner's, Listen, the planner's just, planner. I have to say that yesterday I just had this deep feeling ever since early morning. I got up and literally I was praying. I knew I just had this foreboding feeling that something was going to happen yesterday. And do you know, I didn't even want to leave the house. And I remember I, I, I felt like, well, I don't have any bread in the house, so I better make these biscuits. So I made biscuits <laughs> and I broke out the onions and the peppers and the chicken and we had something to eat for dinner last <laughs> night because we had no electricity. But anyway, if you're out there, listeners of North Carolina, call us on the open lines tonight on Money Matters with Doug and Linda Lewis and we'd love to hear some of your stories. Call us on the open lines at 860-WPTF. That's 860-9783-1800-662-7979. 
Well, let's take, uh, is it Cindy? This is Doug Lewis, Certified Financial Planner. How can I help you this evening, Cindy? Hello? Hello, Cindy? We're trying to get our caller on the line. (laughs) All right, Cindy? Hello, are you there? We're having a little technical difficulty, but while we're waiting for Cindy to call in or call back. All right. Well, I don't know what happened to Cindy. It looks like on the board it says she's still there, so maybe they're trying to connect her. Let's see if uh, we're able to connect her. And we have another call coming in at the same time. Let's see if we can get Cindy's call connected before we take our second call. You know, Doug, I just wanted to say one thing. Um, We did find out from someone, and of course you may want to to verify with your insurance agent whether or not you might be able to claim some of the food that you have lost if you've suffered with, uh, you know, your food, uh, spoilage. spoiling, then, uh, d- determine, you know, how much it's worth and of course speak to your agent and maybe your homeowners will cover that. All right. Let's try Cindy again. Cindy, are you there? We're going to see if we can connect with you. Looks like we can't reach her. But as, as I said, Doug, uh, that was interesting. One of the, one of the people that we know who, uh, checked immediately with their uh, insurance agent without the electricity, of course, one of the big financial questions is what happens to the perishables in my freezer? If I have a lot of meat, the frozen goods that go bad and they were told that their insurance will cover them. That was good news. And it may be that you want to take a picture of it or and itemize what are the items that you had there. And, of course, as I said again, check with your agent, your insurance agent, if you have renter's insurance or you have a homeowner's policy, and maybe you can get some of that money back to uh, to uh, to restore those goods when the electricity comes back on. You're listening to Money Matters with Doug and Linda Lewis. If you've got a question, call us on the open lines. 860-WPTF, that's 860-9783-1800-662-7979. Let's try Cindy again. Cindy, one more time. Are you there? All right. Let's take another caller. Okay, Doug. Well, while we um, get through our technical difficulties here, you know, there was a really interesting article about the quiet force in personal finance. And this was an article we, f- we, uh, found in, uh, Financial Advisor magazine. What was the essence of the article, Linda? I'm not sure I saw it. Well, the article was quoted as saying that registered investment advisors now help manage $1.7 trillion in assets around the country. The the story, Linda, is that the registered investment advisor, there's an appeal that comes from the thought that the goal of the registered investment advisor is more aligned with their customers. And that thought is that most advisors, since they're charging a percentage of the client's money, usually somewhere between 1% and 2%, is not dependent on commissions. And so you'll see people say, 
I no longer have any incentive to sell someone's product. I don't know if that kind of remark was somewhere in the article, but that's the kind of thought you hear. Yeah, you hear that often, and those fees are awfully high. Well, but the 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 thought is that if a if the person advising on the money or handling the money no longer connect uh, collects commissions, therefore there's no incentive to go ahead and push a particular product. And so these investment advisors have risen over the last decade to a huge percentage of the business that's done at the brokerage firms. And that's why you hear this this number, the one you cited, $1.7 trillion in assets is now money under management because it's done by registered investment advisors. I, You know, this whole process or this whole shift, Linda, began to emerge as a challenge to stockbrokers back in the early 1990s when individuals with growing portfolios sought out affordable and reliable guidance. And that's where it all came from. There was a demand or a, uh, I don't know if you would say demand, but there was a, a feeling among people who are used to dealing with stockbrokers that, gee, my money is growing and growing, but I have a feeling that I'm being charged commissions, buy and sell, buy and sell. Isn't there some other way? And so there came this push for the registered investment advisor. Uh, that's what, that's what, what drew it. Now, there's a second story underneath here, but the basic thing is you go ahead and give a, uh, a hunk of money, a million dollars, $300,000 to a money manager at one of the uh, investment banking firms. And for a fee, they will manage the money and never charge you commissions. And that supposedly puts the, uh, the interest of the investment advisor more on the side of the customer. Uh, So while only a small number of stockbrokers at these Wall Street houses operate as registered investment advisors, the fee-only model that they use has been influential, hasn't it been, Doug? It has been very influential, incredibly influential. Wall Street banks began encouraging their brokers to switch their clients to this fee-based model more than 10 years ago, and now uh, it's huge of the $14 billion that... Uh, Morgan Stanley brought in a new business last year. Uh, I think over 89% of that money went to these so-called fee-based accounts. So that is a huge shift, and it's been very successful for the firms. Uh, unfortunately, there's another side of the story to tell. So what is that other side of the story? Well, the story is promoted as if there's no more commissions now. And therefore, there's no incentive to go ahead and move money. But that's not the whole story. The real story is there's an incentive to go ahead and put this money under management. It's what you might call a one-time sale. So the the advisor, quote, quote, he makes a presentation to the client. The client agrees to put the money under management. It's a one-time sale. He signs a contract giving the money manager the right to buy and sell on his behalf and not charge commissions but automatically to take from the account between one and two percent a year and this is much more money than the commissions would have been so so it looks and smells like it's it looks like it's not commissions but it smells like it is commissions bottom line is 
the, the, the these stockbrokers that are money that are money managers, registered investment advisors, they're not making less money; they're making more money. And there was something else that's happened, Linda. And what is that, Doug? Well, the growth of these so-called advisors and the shift to these so-called fee-based accounts within the brokerage firms has benefited mutual fund companies like Vanguard to be able to sell much more. Because, you see, brokers previously wouldn't sell Vanguard funds because they were so-called no-load funds. Now, if you put the client's money under a fee-based account, you can put them in Vanguard funds, and you're basically charging the equivalent of a commission or a load to a no-load fund and more than the fund would have charged if it was a load fund. So Vanguard's uh, sales have, having, I mean, they've risen over one and almost one and a half trillion dollars uh, at, at the end of last year when it was maybe half of that or a third of that 10 years ago. That's what the real story is. The bottom line, investment advisors tripled their assets, yes, but it came to be seen more as something impartial to the brokers, my view is not impartial at all. It was another sales pitch. The most important thing is to look at whether or not uh, you're doing financial planning. Right, Doug? Well, that's um, a good point, Linda. So if we don't want brokerage and we don't want investment advisory like that, then what's the third alternative? Financial planning. Financial planning. Financial because planning. You know, I, I think we even recently had a client that came in and uh, they were charging an exorbitant amount of fees and he wasn't getting financial planning. It was just money, money management. management. Right. And so he wasn't getting tax advice. He wasn't getting estate planning advice. He wasn't getting, you know, uh, he didn't have to do anything. Park the money there and they have discretion and they move the money sera, back. Sera, you know? Yeah, it's a. Uh, it is, it's not what it's presented to be. And I think eventually the public gets wise. I'm looking for something more personal. I want real financial planning. So if you've got a question about financial planning and money management and what's happening in your world, and if you have been affected by the recent uh, events of the last 24 hours with the um, uh, tornado, if, if it's affected you, if... If you have some questions about how it's affecting, if you've lost your job or if you've got a new job or if you have questions about your retirement plan, etc., call us on the open lines. This is Money Matters with Doug and Linda Lewis on WPTF 680, News Radio 680 WPTF. Call us on the open lines at 860-WPTF. That's 860-9783 and 1-800-662-7979. Well, there was another article called Changing the Social Contract, and really it was a great article. It was highlighting how the term retirement, although it's not going to ever go away, it just definitely means something different. It means that, in general, many people are having to look not only at Social Security, but a lot of different other sources of income, because you're going to live longer. And this is probably one of the biggest topics that I know that you... Doug, have to address with clients. Yeah, it is, it is Deborah. <laughs> it really is a big topic. It's it's much more than just looking at the day I'm going to retire. What what kinds of things did you catch in the article? I didn't read the article. Okay, the article really was talking about how not only are you going to live longer, 
and you're not going to experience the same type of retirement that your parents may have right with maybe unfortunately dying in your 70s you now can expect to live much longer and in that time frame you also are probably going to have to take care of aging parents wow who are also living a lot longer and that's great but it is a financial concern it is it's it was not part of the original equation when you started planning for retirement 25 years ago that in your financial needs there would be possibly another person or like your parents or a parent to take care of so now you have to factor in caregiving right and a lot of people are having to put off when to take social security when to take benefits and even the benefits packages themselves are having are changing you don't simply look at your financial situation as a time when there's going to be a pension and a guaranteed uh, retirement plan through your business so all of these things are are definitely affecting how people think about how to retire I think, hold on one second, Deborah. I think I'm getting noticed that someone's on, on hold. I don't see it on my screen, but let me see. Who's on hold now? Is it Dave? Is that you? Hello? Dave, this is Doug Lewis, certified financial planner. Are you on? It may be because of the weather. <laughs> Who knows? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Well, as we're waiting uh, for uh, to get through this technical difficulty, <laughs> sure. As the first big wave of boomers dive into this next phase of their life, some experts are abandoning the term retirement altogether, and they're redefining it as a third stage of life, which is longevity planning or lifestyle planning. Now, that's interesting because that's a very good point. We don't even use the term in our office, retirement. We use the term financial independence, and financial independence is not necessarily the day I'm going to retire and then start spending down my money until at the end of my life, I've taken care of myself and there's nothing left. We talk about what is the amount of money that you need to support the desired lifestyle that you want and never have that money go down, and that is a difference that is very uh, much not the same as the traditional tr- you know, definition of I'm going to retire at age 62, 65, etc. Right. Really having to prepare uh, for a life, lifeline, lifetime of income streams and preparing for long-term health and lifestyle expenses. You know, things change. When you start planning and you're in your 30s or 40s and you start planning – I'm going to retire on such and such a date, or I'm going to retire when I've worked 20 years or 25 years. In your equation, you generally don't factor in, but I also have an additional expense besides planning for more golf or more trips with my wife. I need to plan on nursing home care or nursing home expense for my mother or uh, a sudden change in our medical uh, conditions. Those are the kinds of things that were not part of the original equation. Right, right. It's it's interesting, isn't it? At one time, the yacht was the goal of retirement, but not anymore. Because advisors are talking about the issue of living longer. How you know, Linda, people that's are a, just living longer. That's a very They're good They're healthy. Point. They are wealthy, but they're healthy, and but also there's other baggage to consider, right? 
There is. We we have clients at our office right now who are in their 80s, and uh, at least one who's in her 90s. That so, probably means that now probably more than one-third of your life can be spent in, quote-unquote, retirement. Isn't that nice? <laughs> that's no longer retirement. That's financial independence, one-third right. of your life. <laughs> So for our grandparents, there was no need for inflation adjustments in their planning because they didn't have a continuation of retirement. They had savings. They retired for a while. Then they died in their mid-70s. But it's a limited scenario in which the old pension plans and savings work. But they're not working very well these days. Or dying out simply because they're not as offered. Exactly. That's very good. That's very good, Deborah, because the old pension plan, that was what technically is called a defined benefit pension plan, where your employer would go ahead and give you a pension and they would pay you a payment for as long as you lived. Right. Those are not offered very much at all. Now we have the employee-sponsored retirement plan of his own, whether it be a 401k plan or a SEP IRA or a simple IRA, but there are... Uh, retirement plans no longer guaranteed by the employer and Social Security. Those two portions were able to take care of you. So that also has changed. This is probably a time when more people are having to control or contribute to their own financial independence, whether you call that consumer-driven retirement plans or um, employee uh, I guess funded. Uh, funded, exactly, funded plans to where you have to take a lot more control over where you're investing your money and where you're saving your money instead of just that employer guaranteed plan. Very good, Deborah. Very good. Because I have had many clients come to me and I asked them, I said, well, what's been your history? They said, well, I don't know. I just put my money into the company retirement plan. I figured they would take care of the money for me. The responsibility now is you need to take the responsibility yourself. And what that really means is you need to find financial advice by having a certified financial planner. Look at your lifestyle. Plan for all the things that might happen in the future. How your investments in your retirement plan are structured. How much should be kept outside of retirement plan in a non-retirement plan portfolio. All of that is your responsibility as the consumer. That was never there before. And so the whole social contract that we talk about has changed drastically. The responsibility is upon the individual investor. And I would say that means you need to seek competent financial advice through a certified financial planner who is fee-based, not driven to go ahead and charge you commissions or get your money under management, but one who really is trained and obligated to treat you the way you are hoping that you can be treated in in terms of your plan. And if you've got questions and you would like to work with a certified financial planner, we can assist you at our office at Lewis Financial Management, LLC, in Raleigh, North Carolina, our number... There is uh, 919-872-7000, that's USA 7000. So call us, and we'll be happy to send you some information. And you're listening to Money Matters with Doug and Linda Lewis on News Radio 680 WPTF. And if you'd like to give us a call, our number is 860-9783 or 800-662-7979 or at the office, 872-7000.
major discussion, major shift in the social social contract. Must have been a very interesting article, Deborah, and I'm glad that you found it. Uh, I also know that there are some clients that the certified financial planner may have to educate them to the reality of their situations that you just can't get all of your goals met. Some of them have to be compromised. And uh, many people don't want to retire and then have to later on struggle financially. They want financial dignity, and that requires someone being able to tell them whether you're going to be able to make it or not. Right. And I'm guessing for most people, you don't get bad advice. You just don't get complete advice. That's right. And that's someone looking at all the different aspects. That's exactly so right. So while the, you know, the employer defined benefit plan or pension plan may go away, while you might have more control of your own investment and financial future, finding a financial planner becomes ever more so increasing important to the everyday person. That's to all right. of us with 401k plans who are having to look at our employer options, and say, what is best for me? Right, right. Okay, well, let's go ahead and take a caller. I think we've got Doris on the uh, archives. Let's take Doris. Well, Doris, this is Doug Lewis, Certified Financial Planner. How can I help you? I have a house, and it has quite a large mortgage. Okay. How big is the mortgage? 231. Okay. The problem is it isn't selling, and I want to... Move away. I've considered a charitable remainder trust, but uh-huh. I have been told by a CPA that that would mean that I would have to put 231 in cash and the house into such a trust. Uh-huh. Well, no, he's not exactly correct. What you have to do is you pay off the mortgage first. You can't transfer a mortgaged property into a charitable trust, but there are ways around that. But he's right. You you have to pay off the trust, the mortgage first, then transfer it in. How much do you have in liquid assets altogether? All of your other assets that are liquid. It's around eight hundred thousand. And what would the house sell for under a fire sale if there was no mortgage? Maybe two seventy. Okay. Number one, we need to move about four hundred and fifty thousand dollars of your liquid assets into mutual funds. They can be very safe, conservative mutual funds. We can put those mutual funds in street name through a brokerage account, and you can immediately write a check for 230000 against them. You are basically borrowing from yourself, no application, no uh, suitability, no anything. You take that $231,000 and you pay off the mortgage. You transfer the house, which is now mortgage-free, into a charitable remainder unit trust. You let the trust go ahead and sell the property immediately for as long as, as little as it, uh, whatever it will bring. If it brings 275000 that's wonderful. If it brings $275,000, then you have it start paying you back immediately. It pays you back monthly, and it can pay you back because all that cash will be sitting in the trust. That $275,000 sitting in the trust can go ahead and pay you maybe 24000 a year or 2000 a month. That money, as it comes back to you immediately, can be used to go right back over to your margin account at your mor- uh, against your mutual funds. In the meantime, your mutual funds will also be producing income for you to live on. And finally, the capital gains will not be an issue because you will be given a charitable deduction of about $70,000 
for making the transfer of the property into the charitable trust? I'll make an appointment so I can come and see you. All right. It can all be done, though. Thanks, Doris. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Doris. All right. That number to call is 8727000, if you're in the Raleigh area. And uh, we'd like to thank you for joining us on Money Matters with Doug and Linda Lewis. Hello there. Is this uh, Dick? Yes. Doug Lewis, Certified Financial Planner, Linda Lewis, Deborah Lewis. How can we help you this evening? Okay, fine. Um, I'm 68 years old. All right. I'm still working and have no intention of retiring. Okay. Job is a game and I have great toys. Good. Um, I'm making, I don't know, $80,000 a year. All right. Um, it's a bi-weekly type thing, so if I take a month off, I don't get paid. Okay. I have a pension coming in from where I used to work. How much is your pension? Uh, it's about $35,000 a year. All right. I'm getting Social Security, which I forget about. 28000 a little under 30000 All right. And I'd like an extra, oh, and I have two 401Ks. One was about $150,000, and the other was about $350,000. I'm sorry, the 401K has how much in it? Uh, one of them is about 150000 Right. And the second one is about, um, about 350000 uh, are they? Is one of them at your old employer that you're getting the pension from? Um, both are. At old, they're two different old employers. Two different old employers. Okay. Yeah. What's your question? Um, well, I'm, I'm getting ready to set up uh, an IRA, um, and I'd like to, it to pay me about fifteen hundred dollars a month. I'm sorry. Uh, I'd like I'd like to get fifteen hundred dollars a month from it. Okay. Um, so I was going to take the smaller of the. Um, 401ks and, and kind of set that up and just let the other one sit for another year and a half to when I have to do something. Now, um, a, qu- a question is, once I reach 70 years old, okay, and if I'm still working, can I, even though I'm withdrawing money from a IRA, can I still contribute to it? Okay, you've got some good questions and he, uh, he, here's what you want to do and here's what you don't want to do. Number one, I have no idea why you left the 401ks at old employers. That's an automatic no-no. You should never do that. So I'm glad that you're deciding to take them away from the employers. Are you going to do a rollover IRA? Uh, Good. Rollover. I don't want the money. No, that's that's right. No, you're exactly right. So what you want to do, you want to roll both of those 401ks into one custodial IRA account, not two. Do not do two, only do one. Why do you say that? Because the IRS doesn't care and the custodian is reporting to the IRS how much you took out, but you have what's called an RMD, a required minimum distribution by the IRS. If you miss it, you have a 50% penalty and the IRS looks at your total dollars, not at any one of them. And the custodian each will only report on what they've got. So it makes no sense, first of all, to have two IRAs. But let me tell you what you also don't want to do. You don't want to choose any custodian that has any products to sell you. I realize that. So you want an independent custodian IRA custodial account and roll both of them into the IRA rollover. Now, once they are there, then with the help of a certified planner, Certified financial planner like myself or someone else, you want to design an investment portfolio 
that will be able to give you the kind of growth you're looking for, the 1500 a month that you're looking to get out, that will work with maybe a 4% uh, systematic withdrawal. That means if you can structure your portfolio, your IRA rollover portfolio, to get, let's say, 8% growth and you withdraw 4, you'll get your desired 1500 a month. Then when you hit 70 and a half years old, then comes the RMD. And that's where you no longer will be able to go ahead. You, I mean, who knows? If it's grown well enough, you may have to take out more than that, but that's okay. What do you have in your other portfolio, your non-retirement portfolio? Do you have anything outside of retirement funds? Uh, yeah, I have a big block of, um, of one stock that I did very well. My wife won't let me sell it. Um, How much is in that one stock? About $80,000. Tell your wife that she's an, uh, she has her husband positioned in an accident waiting to happen. Well, it was, it was there if Scott's. Uh, stock purchase plan. But anyway, if it's yeah. emotional, if it's got if it's got sentimental value to her, then you know you don't want marital discord. Oh. But but financially, no. that's a poor decision. What else do you have? Um, oh, and then then I have oh probably another thirty thousand dollars in assorted stock mutual funds. Okay, so you really don't have anything of significance outside of these two four hundred one k's. What happens to this hundred and fifty thousand dollars of of income that's coming in? You can't be spending it all. Um, no, we, we, we come, um, we come close. Really? And then if, if I go a week, if I go a month or two without work, then I don't have the income. I see. A little extra helps. Okay. So you're having fun along the way. Yeah. And it turns (laughs) out every, for every 15, like every 1500,000, 1500 I put in my wife's IRA reduces my tax bill by $300. Yeah, but don't don't be deceived. That's not reducing taxes. That's deferring. It'll hit you twice as hard later on. So don't don't think like that. It avoids paying the Fed money. Yeah, but you'll pay the Fed more money once you hit the age 70 and a half. So anyway, that would be my advice. If you'd like to go ahead and schedule an appointment at our office, call the office. The office number is 872-7000. My one question is, after I reach the 70 or 70 and a half where I have to start re- withdrawing money. Yes, you cannot avoid the RMD. Yeah, but you can, can still, but you, but you can that continue. That is the regulation. But you no. can continue to contribute to okay, a 401k. That, that was my question. Yes. Okay. All right. Thanks so much for calling, Dick. You okay, have a wonderful bye. week. All, All right. right. We're going to take our next caller. Uh, let's see. Who do we have next? Let's go ahead and take, uh, is it, um, Maurice's call. Hi, Maurice. This is Doug Lewis, Certified Financial Planner. How can I help you? How you doing, sir? All right. All right. I just first want to say uh, thank you and your staff. Um, uh, you've been a blessing to many people's lives over the years. Uh, I reside in Burlington, North Carolina. I'll make it real quick. And I'm stationed in Charleston, South Carolina. So on my way home from Reserve Weekend, I always listen to your show, and I pick it up right when I cross the state line, and I listen to it. And it's very entertaining and very educational. Oh, thank you, Maurice. <laughs> Linda. <laughs> That's a big hug. Linda. We salute you, sir. Linda, I, I think I feel like Clint Eastwood now. <laughs> <laughs> you made my day. <laughs> Thanks, Maurice. Okay, how can we help you? With that being said, I had some questions that I, when I listen to financial shows, such as yours and others, um, I, I hear the word money. And one of the things I learned when I became a United States citizen, I'm, I'm actually born from Germany, um, was I learned the Constitution. And the Constitution clearly states in Article 1, Section 10, that money can only be physical gold and silver. But when I listen to shows, they're referring to fiat currency, but they're saying the word money. 
And I wonder why they don't make that distinction, because if you compare the euro to the dollar, that's not called the money exchange, it's called the currency exchange. But yet when we use the word money when we're discussing it in fiat currency, just here when you're not compared it to another currency, we call it money. And I think, I don't understand why we make that distinction, because I think that's a that's an error, or maybe an ethical error, because that, that does make an, an impact on one's investment. I can't comment on that because uh, I always make clear distinctions in my office with our clients about how to achieve financial independence using your investment portfolio. We don't we don't get stuck with semantics in terms of whether a mutual fund is a manager holding pieces of paper or whether it's money or the that's not so much the issue. In our office, the issue is focusing on the goal of the clients to accumulate in portfolios of whatever he wants to call it. We happen to like mutual funds and other pooled investments that will produce financial independence. And then when we go over to the client's living expenses, again, whether we call it money or not money, we know it's stuff that leaves your bank account to pay the grocery bill every month and uh, whatever those expenses are, we call them either recurring monthly expenses. We have terms for that kind of money. We call them recurring monthly expenses. We call them non-recurring monthly expenses. So we have different labels that help financial planning become real to a client. As far as the, you know, the, the, the jargon that's on other talk shows and everything, I can't really comment on that because to me, most of the financial talk shows are just you know, it's it's ho-hum chit-chat. It doesn't solve anything. And we're in the business, as you know, if you're a long-time listener, Maurice, we solve people's problems. So I don't know if that gives you any light, but personally, we don't pay much attention to those semantics. Okay, and, and the second question I had then is, in reference to, I know you advocate mutual funds, and but my question is, is the Dow at the beginning of 2000, uh, is, I think it was the 11377, and it only rose 200 points. Uh-huh close of uh, 2010. So over a 10-year period, it only increased by 0.2%. percent mm-hmm. get bullion silver, it increased over 500-fold. Uh-huh. I hear it advocated to, I hear it get it in an ETF, but I never heard the advocation of getting the actual metal of silver or gold, which went up 239% over that same time period. I haven't heard the question yet. Well, What's what, the question? Why is the, why do I never hear the advocation of now, don't go to that. Why do I never hear? You can only say, why do I not hear from you, Doug Lewis? But you got, you got to come to like, I don't know about anybody else. Well, what's your question? That's right. Why, um, why do I not hear that advocation? Because I want human beings who have, uh, wisdom and skill. And these are men and women who are managers of mutual funds that I can evaluate. And then there are thousands of them out there, so I evaluate them. And when they have personally proven to me, looking at their track record, that they have beaten the indexes, they have beaten their peers, they have been around on their funds for more than 10 years, then I'm comfortable, sort of like saying, I think I'll give X dollars to Warren Buffett. I want someone as a person. I don't want to play with markets, and I don't want to play with this, uh, sort of a with this opinions, is the, yeah, opinions and, and the Dow has done this and gold has done that. I want to talk. I want to put money in the hands of men and women who can demonstrate that they have been successful. I'm not that smart, but I'm smart enough to know I can find the ones that are smart and the ones that are con artists, if you know what I mean. 
Oh, no, I agree with you, but I just, I was wondering why I never hear that advocation of. Because I don't like ETFs, because ETFs don't have managers. That's why, and I don't, and, and I don't like hard currencies. I think that's just speculation, which, uh, in my opinion, give me a hunk of gold. What am I going to do with it? I can't go down to the grocery store and buy any milk with the hunk of gold. You know what I'm saying? What am I going to do with that? I'm going to send it to my landlord. You see what I'm saying? That doesn't achieve financial independence. That just plays into somebody's sales pitch who's trying to sell the gold. Well, I would. I think I may. I may disagree on that. But okay. <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, I'm glad that you're a listener, and uh, we can honest men can still disagree. <laughs> you know, I, I thank you again, you and your staff. Uh, you, oh. Over the years, you, you've provided wonderful service to many families, and uh, just wish you all the best. Thank you, Maurice. And Lord thank bless you, you, Maurice. Take care. Bye bye. Interesting call, Maurice. I may, I'm glad that he's a longtime listener. Deborah, yeah. anything else that you saw this week that we want to talk about before we have our last caller? Well, uh, there is always um, uh, an article or two that's in- interesting from the investment news. And there was one recently that was somewhat um, psychological, maybe not so much about the um, particulars of finance, but just that many millionaires lament that they just don't feel as wealthy as they used to. And I think what most people are, are really meaning by that is that while you might have acquired a large amount of wealth and even the word millions of dollars, you may still feel like that just doesn't spend as much as it used to, just doesn't make you feel as rich as you might have thought that it would have. You know, Deborah, I'm glad you caught that article. I didn't see it, but I do know that for probably over 20 years, I have been meeting in my office with Clients who are, quote, millionaires, meaning on paper, their wealth is over a million dollars. And yet. And yet they don't feel like they're millionaires. We call it the dilemma of success. The numbers are not lying, but the feeling is based upon something. And that's exactly right. And I know that that article was probably touching on that. And that's the problem is this. Most people who deal with the world of finance and long-term planning and retirement, they use a different equation than we use. They use what's called a depletion formula, which says, all right, if we have a million dollars of investments and you need X dollars to go ahead and support your desired lifestyle, it will last over X number of years and uh, you'll be fine. Of course, the problem is it's depleting. And if you happen to live one day beyond that, you don't have anything left. So if you're looking at a million dollars and how quickly it's going to not be a million dollars. Right. But the formulas say you're fine. And that's why people don't feel that way. On the other hand, you're probably, for many people, they probably need maybe five million or six million to be able to support the kind of lifestyle they want without depleting And so the formulas that we use, when we're starting with a younger couple, we are trying to see when they will reach a point that their portfolio will support their lifestyle without depletion. And that's using an income-only formula rather than a depletion formula. And therefore, the feeling is never there that my money's going down. Or that my wealth that I've accumulated thus far isn't enough. That's right. That is a fear factor that it could probably for many people feel like, well, if we're going to be depleting this over X amount of years, it's just going to go too quickly. That's exactly right. Because then 
Retirement, quote, quote, at that time of life becomes a how do I budget myself and keep my expenses low? That's not what it's all about. Right. You should be able to enjoy doing like our first caller we had this evening. He said he's spending it all. That's great. That's absolutely that's right. Great. That's great. That's what you, you want to do. That's what you want to do. Closer to retirement. When you get when you're into, financially that's independent. R- that's right. You know, in South America, they don't call the age 60s retirement age. What do they, they call, call it? Tercer like, edad. Oh, what does that mean? That means the, the third, third stage. stage. Uh-huh. Well, that's what we talked about in that other article, article, wasn't it? That's right. Mm-hmm. The first the stage is the twenties, mm-hmm. the first twenties of your life. The second stage is the second twenty to forty, and the third stage, is, I'm sorry, is forty to 40 sixty. Forty to sixty, and the third, la tercera is the sixties on. And that stage should be the stage of just enjoying what you want to do without having anything of I got to budget myself. Well, you know. It is important, and it's all relative as you're accumulating assets. And the most important thing is if you are young, you want to be accumulating these assets. And once you have your, quote, millions positioned, you want to enjoy life. But, you know, what's the events of the last 24 hours, I think, you put the brakes on pretty fast. <laughs> Reality I check. I think there has been a reality check in the Triangle and in the the Carolinas because people are just on the fast track, shopping, planning, until Consuming. something like yesterday A disaster happens. happens, and you're just like stopping in, you know. Your tracks. Your tracks, and it's Realizing. like what really is important. I don't know what ever happened to our first caller, Cindy, but I saw on the screen it says she lost, she says, I lost my home, but I have bonds. Now, I don't know. I never was able to get that caller, but I do know that that kind of 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 tragedy, when it hits, are you prepared for it? Because, as you said, Linda, we just don't know when it's going to hit. Only God knows the future. And Cindy, if you are listening, please do give us a call on Monday at 919-872-7000. We would love to help you. These are very uh, critical days. And, and, you know, the events of the last 24 hours tell us how fragile we are. That's true. And how, how precious life is. I mean, you know, the kinds of things that I saw today as we were driving around, we were waving at people and, and yeah. I mean, it just almost brought you to tears. Just, you know, and people were saying, well, how are you? Are you okay? And here this guy's got a tree in his house right. and he's asking me how, right. how I am. I'm okay. I don't, right. you know, I, I don't have my electricity or water, but, uh, yeah, we still have smiles and hugs and, and food is abounding. Well, and definitely. we saw downtown, we saw all those folks in line for food and that just made you want to cry. It was just, Southern hospitality. Planning works, and it allows you to refocus on the things that are the most important when you the stress of financial planning is out of the way. Well, God bless all the people of North Carolina. And thank and you our for governor. Joining. Yes. Have thank you for you listening to Money Matters this week. Have a wonderful week and recover. You've been listening to Money Matters with Doug and Linda Lewis. Money Matters provides you with a personal financial hotline on any subject where money really matters. 
For more information, you can call Doug and Linda in Raleigh at 872-7000. That's USA 7000. Listen again next Sunday at 6.05 for Money Matters with Doug and Linda Lewis on 680 WPTF.